Welcome back, everybody. It is the middle of December, and I hope you've had a, well, good first half of December as we roll towards the the two holidays at the end of the year for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, things are slowing down, but sort of not really. And uh, for those of you that are new to the channel, every Friday, well, roughly every Friday, I should say, just kind of do a wrap-up of the week of what's going on and just kind of keeping you in the know and uh, sprinkling on a little extra something or other. And most importantly, one of the things we do on Fridays is I post up a thread. If you're not following on Twitter, you can always find it on there uh, of Q&A because that's a big part of the show on Friday and what we do here. And so with that, we're just going to dive on in and knock out some of the news. Uh, Microsoft is working on uh, a consumer version of Microsoft 365. This shouldn't surprise anybody. You can think about how they would bundle all Microsoft's consumer services. They've got Xbox, they've got Skype, they've got Office, they've got Windows. And just wrapping this up into a nice little, what Microsoft loves, is a subscription service for its software. Uh, Mary Jo Foley reported on that, and she found it through some of the um, job openings and some other things. And so this is not surprising in the lightest, I should say in the slightest, at all. And um, we'll see when that debuts. I, I can't imagine that it's going to be massively successful, but I don't think it's also going to be a lot of overhead for Microsoft either. And it's also a really easy marketing pitch for them as well. So I fully expect to see that in 2019. Uh, Microsoft is bringing a dark mode to Office for Mac. If you're a Mac user and you use Office, you can now not burn your retinas late into the uh, evening hours with a new dark mode. And Cortana... Cortana, not dead, even though it's just an interesting little thing what they're doing with it. Uh, my invoke is right back there. Is getting multi-user voice recognition support, finally. And so if you're not familiar with what this is, if you have two people living in your household, uh, it can now tell which person is which, or at least it will soon. It's in the early stages of rolling out. And that is a good thing because um, many other platforms offer this. Notably, Google does this exceptionally well. And so Microsoft is now catching up with that. Uh, other things with Cortana and the latest builds of Windows 10 that have been hitting the fast ring, Cortana and search are now broken out into separate components. And I think we're, we might actually see that ship here uh, in the not too distant future. And so there's also some speculation that maybe this is how Microsoft eventually introduces other assistants, like uh, let's say the Amazon one and the Google one. I don't want to say those names because this office will blow up with uh, voice recognition services and we don't really need that for the podcast. But there, it, it does seem like Microsoft is, is looking to make this possible. And it, it's a little surprising, but not really if you've been watching for the podcast for a while, you fully kind of understand that Cortana is just a bot for Microsoft now. It's, it's the queen of the bots, um, but it's longevity as a consumer service is not really all that bright. And so I, I could see Microsoft offering just a choice. Now, the question is, is if they would do Google, I could definitely see them doing Amazon because they have been working pretty closely with Amazon uh, for a while now. But Google has been an outlier and Google has not really been too supportive of things Microsoft has been doing. And so we'll see if Google uh, makes the cut for that one. If you're running Surface in the business, there is a new Surface Diagnostic Toolkit for business. I don't know why. I guess there's some sort of consumer iteration of this available, but this just helps you triage the Surface hardware that is in your environment. So there you go. Uh, also speaking of new builds of Windows 10, in the latest edition, Microsoft is making a massive change. Not really. The Explorer icon, the File Explorer icon is getting updated. It's not so white anymore. It's getting a little bit of a tan, and that's about kind of the thing. Yeah. There's some console improvements and uh, other minor stuff. But um, the, the interesting thing here about 19H1 is that typically Microsoft kind of wraps this thing up in January. And... 
considering that we are in the middle of December right now, and most of Microsoft takes off the second half of the month, uh, meaning we're not going to get a lot of builds and whatnot, which means that the build we're seeing right now is... I think it might be pretty getting close to pretty well feature complete. There's nothing too crazy in it either. And now you got to remember on the backside of all this stuff, there's some major reorg uh, that happened. Remember Terry Myerson left and it, there's, you've got Jason Zander and some other people kind of calling the shots now. So feature inclusion in this next update might've been kind of a little bit murky, if you will, because there wasn't a lot of clear direction because the, the management changed and all that good stuff. And so I'm not saying there's not going to be any major features being added all i'm saying is that we're getting close to that kind of time of the year where microsoft starts locking down the build and focusing on bug fixes so that they don't ship it late uh, like they have for the past two iterations so uh, other things that came out this week microsoft's next gen hololens codenamed sydney which last i heard was going to be arriving before june 30th so second half uh, or the the latter half of the first half of 2019 little little tongue twister there uh will be running a well at least currently is expected to run a snapdragon 850 chipset which means that it will support 5g but you got to remember that when it comes to the hololens that processor isn't isn't the big deal um microsoft builds their own what they call holographic processing unit or hpu and that is the thing that really drives well, the holograms. And so that is it. I'm still hearing that this device isn't some sort of revolutionary change. It's more evolutionary of the first generation. Not a big surprise there. Thinner, lighter, better battery life. Slightly wider field of view as well. So that's going to be a big deal. And uh, look for that here. I, I would hope that we would see it maybe at Build. Um, I don't know if Microsoft's going to have a spring event, which they could, where they could announce HoloLens, the next gen, uh, this ambient surface device that I've been hearing about, and maybe some other uh, minor things. But if you kind of package it all up, it makes for an interesting little event. Microsoft, if you're listening, please do it in New York. And so, uh, yeah, uh, other things that came out, and I don't, this shouldn't have been a major surprise, but Microsoft Edge will support Chrome extensions. I mean, that, that makes complete sense, right? The Edge, if you're not familiar, uh, starting next year is going to be switching to Chromium. I guess that's the major feature, potential major major feature inclusion in 1981 is Edge switching to Chromium. Although we don't quite know if that's going to happen yet. They were very um, non-committal, if you will, about when Chromium-based Edge would make it to Windows 10. It wouldn't surprise me if that slips until the second uh, 19H2. Granted, we might get preview builds. Oh, wait. Now, now that I think about it, uh, never. well, I guess it could arrive at any point. You've got to remember that Edge-based Chromium is serviced outside of Windows, outside the store, so they can release it whenever the hell they want. Now, the question is, when does that become the default version of Windows 10? I would expect maybe 19H2. I, I don't think they're going to get there for 19H1, but we will see. We will see. Uh, last kind of thing here before we dive into the very good questions, and you'll see why. Uh, Google Plus is shutting down three months early after another privacy bug. I'm sure tens of people are distraught about this, but it's just funny how Google, um, after just releasing zero days for Windows 10 after 90 days, just is like, all right, we're just going to shut down uh, Google Plus because we can't make it secure, and it's actually a train wreck. So anyways, uh, here we are. Let's dive into the questions, will we? Uh, Jules Wombat says, whatever happened to Andromeda? Was it a mobile device and, and would it still have any relevance now that Samsung has released their folding phone note-taking device? So Andromeda, despite despite the rumors, it's not dead. Um, the thing with Andromeda is it just doesn't have a release date. So it's Microsoft just working on this thing. They said, ah, it's not quite ready. Um, we're not going to ship it 
in 2019. Well, they could still ship in 2019, but I think we're going to see Centaurus before we see Andromeda. And it's just it just doesn't have a ship date. It's still being iteratively updated or worked on, but it's just not the primary focus. So it's not it's still there. It just doesn't have a release date. So um, Matt Thinus says you mentioned that your garage door automatically automatically closes at 9 p.m. each evening. Does the door have a sensor to detect that there is nothing in the way before it closes? So uh, earlier this year, I installed a uh, IoT connected garage door thing from Chamberlain, and what it does is you can set timers for it. And what happens is at 9 p.m. every night. Uh, it shuts itself. And so a couple things happen at the time. First off, when it's about to shut, about five seconds before it does, it makes a ton of noise, like this beeping warning sign. The lights literally flash, and there's no way you can't really kind of, unless you had your back to this and you had earplugs in, um, you wouldn't see this. There's no way you would be unaware. It's not like it just randomly closes on people. So it makes a loud beeping sound for about five seconds. The lights flash, and then the door starts to shut. Now, like most modern garage doors, not everyone's familiar with how the garage doors work in the U.S., um, there are two sensors on either side of the garage door that shoot a beam across. If that beam is broken, the garage door will go back up. So there is a sensor that if, if somebody is standing in the way, it will not shut. If they were, if in the event that somebody was deaf and they were looking the other way and could not hear anything and the garage door started to shut, that beam would be broken and it would go back up. And the third thing is that these garage doors are pressure sensitive. If you hit it, like you got to hit it with some reasonable force, but if it's coming down and somehow you're straddling that beam and it hits you on the shoulder, it will go back up. It won't actually just crush you. So that is, that's kind of the, the safety mechanisms of that thing. Uh, an old Amiga user says, you wrote that Teams is the new Excel. Yes, I do believe that Microsoft Teams is on its way to becoming the next uh, Excel for Microsoft. Yet yeah, you and Paul both seem to find it wanting uh, to put it charitably. Um, you also mentioned that your wife's moved to Teams, Skype for Business, and that it was soul crushing. So which is it? I understand that usage is growing, and that it's. But if it's so awful, how can the growth continue? Okay. So what he's overlapping here is that I wrote up yesterday, you know, this week, that Microsoft has found that Teams is its new sticky application inside of Office. Right now, Excel is the stickiest, meaning that it's really hard to move. And once people are inside of Teams, it's really hard to get them out because it's a collaborative suite. It retains a lot of data. It's a good app. It really is. The challenge is, is that its onboarding can be a little bit rough. It's a little... Um, it, it can be overwhelming if you're not familiar with what it does. If you're coming from Skype for business, which is my wife's challenge in going into Teams, there's some features that are missing, such as being able to chat with myself, who is on a Skype consumer. So is Teams perfect? Absolutely not. It, it, it has things that it needs to improve and make a little bit more polished. But is it a good service for Microsoft? Yes. And so you, you're taking a, a micro viewpoint and comparing it with a macro trend. And so at a high level, Teams is doing exactly what Microsoft needed for the Office Suite. At the micro level, there is some teething issues for new users. But those, once you overcome them and understand how the app is good, it's fine. I still don't think Teams is great for, like, say, a 10-person company. It's good for very large organizations that have little pods of, of Teams moving about. Um, and that's kind of where some of the issues that for, for Paul and I, the biggest problem that Paul and I had with Teams for a while was that you couldn't switch the camera or audio prior to a call starting, which was a major problem. And that's where some of those earlier podcasts uh, were such a pain in the butt because you would call into a meeting and especially down here, there's three cameras hooked up and I didn't know which one was going to be selected. It was a little bit like rolling the dice and they have since fixed that. 
uh, HRLNGRV says, do you have any info on what Microsoft may have done with Surface Go's uh, to become the tablet used for LSAT. So there's a great book on this uh, that I wrote called Beneath a Surface that details a little bit of this. But um, Microsoft sold roughly 40,000 of these things to LSAT. What he's referring to is that the LSAT or the people who take the law test in the United States to become lawyers will be using Surface Go's. And so what did Microsoft do? They didn't do a whole lot. It's just, it's the right form factor at the right price and it's the right quality. Now, the interesting thing about the quality is again, this is in the book, if you would read it, um, Microsoft isn't really building all these things. They're, they outsourced it to an OTM or original device manufacturer called, I think it's Quanta Computers, and they are actually taking responsibility for all of the hardware. Now, granted, this is a Surface. It was designed by Microsoft. It was engineered by Microsoft. But then they just hand these plans over to an ODM and say, go have fun and just let us know when the, uh, when we owe you for everything that we you've built for us, as opposed to being much more hands-on with the engineering and all that good stuff. And so... What did Microsoft do? They just built a good product that the LSAT liked and that iPads didn't really make sense because they're more, they can be more expensive. And I'm sure Microsoft cut them a pretty good deal at buying at that bulk. Uh, Subarunger says, have you heard any more on the Xbox Elite wireless controller too? My original is in tatters. Mine too. Mine, I mean, you can see the lumpiness there and I use this thing just about every day playing PUBG uh, on this TV back here. But I haven't heard explicitly. I They kind of bamboozled all of us here. I, I think it was originally intended to be released in the fall. And they said, hey, why not release a white version? And then, uh, yeah. And so I don't explicitly know when that thing is going to ship. It may not. It, maybe it'll be this year. I don't know. But it, it, it's real. We've seen it. It's leaked. Um, but I don't have an exact specification on when it will come out. Uh, Matt Thinus says, question regarding the book. Was writing a book something you wanted to do, or did it just morph into organically into it? So a little bit of both. I mean, for somebody in my career path, right? I'm a, I'm a, I write on the internet. I make these videos and all that stuff. Writing a book is somewhat of a rite of passage, if you will. It, it's kind of the thing that you just should do eventually, I think, um, because it kind of, it, it's a different skill set, if you will, and it's much harder and it's a much bigger challenge, which I enjoy. And so how it came about was I just, I had the idea for a story and it was actually just going to be a really long blog post at one point about how they turned this thing around. And I kind of got started formulating some of the stuff and realized like, okay, this is much longer than a blog post. This is going to be like 30 to 40,000 words or something like that. And then it just, I, I realized that, Hey, this is actually a book. And then it kind of just rolled up into that. Granted, that is a super high level, like story about how it happened. Um, but I don't know if I woke up when I was 10 years old and said, hey, I want to write a book. Um, and I don't even know if I woke up January 1, 2018 and said, hey, I want to write a book. But when the idea the idea came at the right time and a point in my career where I had the capacity to do it and I had the connections to get all the insider information that I needed. And so that it just kind of right timing, right place, right narrative, I guess, if you will. Mr. PKI says, as a follow-up question, now that the book is published, are you going to get... Uh, are you getting more information and possibly considering a second edition? So th this is when one of the challenges of Surface, because I wrote the, the story of the birth of the brand all the way up until basically the end or early October of 2018, the story never isn't ending, right? There's things that's going on. There's now Centaurus. Um, there, there's, we know some of the specs of Centaurus. We know lots of, we know lots of different things. And the question is, is am I going to keep it updating it as like a living novel? It, 
The way I wrote the book, minus the very last chapter, which contains the Surface 2019 and 2020 roadmap, is to be evergreen. Everything prior to that, I could never touch it again, and it would still be relevant in 20 years. That was very much intentional. So as of right now, I don't think I'm going to go back and update the book uh, when they launch the next Surface product. Now, I'm not going to say never say never. There's a chance that maybe I could write Surface beneath the surface too and continue on the narrative from basically October 1 up through whatever you know five years from now I'm, I'm not going to rule that out but I don't I don't I didn't write it to keep updating it all the time because I, this is a, a historical perspective again minus the last chapter rather than the definitive history of the brand like a Wikipedia page so there you go and then the most interesting question here and I very curious I will explain this question at some point later in time. Um, so this is this is this is a very good question. I will fully say that. Uh, what would a potential Microsoft Core OS, which is Core OS, is what we know, or Win Win Core rollout, aka no more Windows, mean for Xbox? Do you think that there would be a separate fork if Windows would take a smaller role within the consumer branch? This is a very very good question and I, there's things that I know that are Microsoft is working on that I, I don't want to mention yet and so I am going to officially defer on this because I don't want to get too speculative about what is going on here because if I say what I think is right and then I'm wrong I will get burned at the stake like a witch in the 1600s or whenever they burned witches or whatever they burned people uh, alive in the center of towns um I'm still digging around, and this is something that came up a couple weeks ago that I'm still working on, and we will uh, just stick around, I think is probably the best thing. And so, folks, that kind of wraps it up for today. Um, to keep things in perspective, every time at the end of the year, I always do a, a large video, maybe large isn't right, about all the crap and technology that used to make this podcast possible, who the hell I am, you know, things that happened in 2018, things I'm going to try to do in 2019. Um, that might happen next week, but or possibly the week after. One of the days I'll probably end up taking off because I don't think there's going to be anything happening the week of Christmas. And so with that, folks, have yourselves a wonderful weekend, and we'll cut you right back here next time.